everyone to polk and kush it is friday november 18th 2022 we're in the holiday season polk it's chilly out it feels like christmas i'm in a festive mood yeah yeah what are you doing with how festive are you you starting thanksgiving festivities or have you dove straight into christmas well i mean you you walked through the polk and kush studio (laughs) you saw the menorah lit up (laughs) we have the kwanzaa menorah as well i don't know what that's called and uh christmas lights everywhere it's like the griswolds out there (laughs) christmas tree um no by uh festive i just mean i'm wearing pants and a jacket you're in pants which is weird it's terrible yeah i don't see your toes you're not rubbing them all over my carpet (laughs) each podcast i'll just see your fingers in between the toes and then touching the mic that's right i gotta put it in the the baby bottle disinfector Uh, thing afterwards uh right into my nose and then right into my mouth that's how it goes i'm not particularly festive but it is cold it's freaking cold and you know what's good for cold weather what's that an inflatable hot tub (laughs) You've been getting a lot of use out of it? Uh, no. It yeah. takes <laughs> it takes a week to heat up now. I don't know. I guess that's what you get for buying uh, a, a swimming unit from Walmart that's Mossy Oak brand. <laughs> Does it actually get to the desired temperature? It will. You just have to be patient. How? Like, are, uh, seriously, like an hour? No, it's like okay. 10 hours, seriously. Oh it takes about 10 hours to go from 70 degrees to 104, and it tops off at 104. 104 seems where you want to be, though. It's where you want to be, but I don't want to leave my hot tub running all day. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> Cooking this turkey, just going to leave it all day. I guess I could put some ramen in there. I don't know. That's what I'm doing. I'm hot tubbing. I'm going to Pell's games. Yeah? You went to the arena the other night? I went to all the games this week. Yeah? Big shout out. Alex, I believe, from the Revelry uh-huh. in Baton Rouge and Ruston. I sat next to him at the game. Uh, he gave me tickets to last night's game against the Bulls. A lot of fun. I was there on Tuesday with former host of the show, Justin. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had a good time. I saw Christian Clark. Nice. He's locked away. Oh, yeah. Very professional. Well, they just kept me away from them. So that's what I, I was like. I was like waving at him. I was like, hey, I know you. And then David Wesley punches me in the face. Get out of here. It looked like you had good seats. I had great seats. Yeah. Section 111. Fancy man. It, it's, you know, the living is easy uh, when, you, when you can wear the Polk and Kush badge. I just made a badge that says all access. There was a time where you could, I don't know if it's still like this, but you could so easily Photoshop old Pelicans tickets. Like, you wouldn't even need to have any skill level on uh, Adobe. You could you could just take the number, hit delete, and then put another number. Wow. It was so easy. I think it's harder now because everything's on your phone, and so I think they scan stuff. Well, they whatever. yeah, they scan the QR codes yeah. on the app, but I could easily duplicate that. And then just put like a Wendy's menu QR code on it. 
<laughs> so like it'll scan. Yeah. I don't know if anything I, will come I don't up. Know if it'll show up green on your thing. A delicious <laughs> treat, and then I run in while well, everybody that they have scanning those things. It's their first day ever <laughs> using a phone or electronic device. They have no idea what's happening when you show it to them. Completely clueless. But it, they are also a thousand years old and not very nice. Ours were nice. That's that's that was a big problem for a, especially during COVID. They were just not nice. That's true. the The people that were like walking around and yelling at you for uh, enjoying a breath or two of fresh air mm-hmm. in between nacho bites. Yeah, those people have all moved on. Yeah, they're in prison. <laughs> I don't know where those people are going to work. I do wonder if that like some of those they must have kind of enjoyed it, right? Oh yeah. Like what's your job? It's like I yell at people, put their masks on. I yell at stupid people all day. (laughs) Like it sounds great. I mean you have to think about these people. They're addicted to pills. (laughs) They during the day they're stealing copper. They they ride eighteen buses in from Harvey and then they get a chance to yell at the media elite, you and I. Uh Uh-huh. It's all they have. Pretty good. If you think about it that way, it's pretty good. How often do you get to yell at people and tell them what's I there? never get to yell at anyone. I don't get to yell at anybody. In my car, I <laughs> go nuts, but I don't even have tinted windows, so that could be dangerous. <laughs> my, my son the other day, and I, I slapped the uh, the steering wheel somebody. I don't know. Something happened in traffic, and my three-year-old son goes, thanks a lot, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think you've listened to me in traffic well one time too often. Teach him young. Yeah. I was like, I thankfully cut out, you know, the string of uh, motherfuckers that I used to drop and everybody. Save it for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't like, go to any games though, did you? No, I don't get to leave my house. That's no. that that's for uh that's for those of you free folk uh climbing around this world without kids. Uh yeah, the 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 arena atmosphere uh on TV looked very bad in the first quarter of that Memphis game. Correct. And then the second half was like, wow, it looks like a playoff game. Yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it. I looked around in the middle of the first quarter, and it wasn't just – sometimes you think maybe the lower section is a little slower getting in there. Yeah. They're, you know, maybe season ticket holders, a little more well-off. They don't really care about being there for the tip-off, but the whole place was yeah. empty. It's so weird. Um, and then it just filled in. It's because it was a 6.30 start, you think? It, it was a pain in the ass to get to a 6.30 game. Really? Because so, the traffic's worse. It's it's worse. It's just like you're getting off work at 5. You got to do yeah. stuff. Well, how many people in that building work? Good point. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to get like between 4 and 5.30. That part of the interstate by the Dome is very bad. Yeah. That West Bank traffic backs up really hard and. It, it sucks. Well, it's always, it's a complete traffic disaster around the arena, but then you can just park three blocks away. I know. And there's no one. You can, like, <laughs> you can park at any of the hotels, you can park at walk-ons, Dave and Buster's, and it's four minutes from the arena. <laughs> but people sit in traffic for an hour trying to get to the $90 <laughs> parking garage where you will also wait an hour to leave. To leave, I know. The, uh, the, Parking like right across Poitras, those office buildings, like their Perdido and whatever those streets, where like for a Saints game is complete nightmare. Like you can't even your car won't move, you know, from eleven o'clock yeah. to noon. Uh, 
those are deserted. There's not a single car mm-hmm. over there for <laughs> Pelicans game, and everyone's sitting in line for 20 minutes to make the turn to get into the parking garage. I was like, I don't get it. Are people that scared to walk the three blocks? I guess they are. They well, I also I found a completely open space next to that District Donuts over there. Yeah, and then when I came out, my car looked like a fucking reverse Dalmatian. <laughs> I just parked <laughs> under every bird that's ever existed. My car was covered in bird shit. In all honesty, the best case scenario. <laughs> I guess so. You still have windows, right? I get to use it as an excuse. I was like, ah, I can't come into work today. My car is <laughs> covered in bird shit. My mental health is yeah. uh, failing me. Like somebody pooped on my car. I think I'm going to get bird flu from honking the horn. <laughs> um, the, the games themselves, though, this week, uh, really, I mean, the Rockets game, I don't think was particularly inspiring. They nearly blew... Uh, a pretty sizable lead against the worst team in the NBA. They did end up pulling it out at the end thanks to Jose Alvarado. We mentioned the Memphis game there. That was uh, easily the most fun game of the season to this point. Uh, And then last night, the Pelicans just straight up trounced the Bulls. So three very different types of games, Mm -hmm. all at home, all wins. Uh, And I think you come away from each of them with just kind of like a yeah, the Pelicans are starting to kind of do what you thought they'd do, which is a team that has a lot of ways to beat their opponent. And it was just really fun. I mean, we we mentioned the playoff atmosphere, but that Memphis game in particular, the third and fourth quarter, really felt like a playoff game. It was also the first time I've seen the Pelicans win in (laughs) New Orleans (laughs) since Anthony Davis played. So that was... unreal. It was incredible. But it was just... You're seeing you're seeing how this team can utilize all the different players in a really fun way, yeah. and when they can win on top of that, it's very rewarding. It is kind of crazy to think about the amount of weapons that they have when you're watching them play. You're like, it doesn't matter who's on, who's off, who's whatever. It's one of those in a regular season. Now, the playoffs are a different animal, and that's something we'll talk about another time. But in the regular season... Like, there are so many different guys who can take over the game for stretches, and it's very unlike any other time watching this team. Even in their best years, which were the Chris Paul years, it was mostly two guys, maybe two and a half guys, if you include Tyson Chandler, catching lobs, who did everything for, you know, the 30-plus minutes they were on the floor. Obviously, the Anthony Davis era was basically just... Anthony Davis, sometimes Drew Holiday, and that was mostly it. This is totally different. The game against the Rockets was saved by Jose Alvarado. The game Tuesday against Memphis was kind of everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it felt like they just sort of stormed through them. But C.J. McCollum, I think, was probably, you know, C.J. McCollum and Alvarado. Larry Nance. And Larry Nance, yes. Um, All those guys played a role. And then last night, Trey Murphy was unquestionably the best player on the court. Yeah. And, And it's like... How is that happening where, like, you've got bench guys, random guys? Like, this is a a really uh, dynamic team when you think of all the different ways that they can beat you. And we haven't said the word Zion yet. Yeah, and it's been, I mean, this week in particular has kind of been a, a little bit of a coming out party for Dyson Daniels, mm-hmm. somebody who we've seen uh, some burst of throughout the season, but this week he was playing in, in the first quarter of games. Yeah, He had some particularly uh, smart heads-up plays against Memphis. Does he handle the ball like RoboCop? Yeah. 
This guy has zero handles. But did he make some heads up really smart plays for a guy who I think is 19 years old? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just fun to see that. It's also been fun seeing Trey Murphy decide that he can dunk on guys. I know. Which he can do. And, and I think he just figured it out. <laughs> blocking shots. Yeah, he stuffed John Morant at one point. It was like he really is a uh, he's a much more dynamic player than I thought he'd be i thought he was a guy who's gonna stand in the wing and shoot yeah uh and he's certainly much more than that jose alvarado is just good yes i mean as much as we want to talk about his story and it is a great story and it's fun that he's this tiny little guy who's kind of jumping around and and playing you know the way that rudy rudiger would play basketball (laughs) like all those things are fun the grand theft alvarado thing is fun yeah uh all the he's just good yeah. He's a good shooter. He's a good defender. He's a good finisher. The team plays better when he's on the floor. Like, that guy's just freaking good. And it's insane that that guy is just good. Like, he came out of absolutely nowhere. And now there's I, there's no question the Pelicans are better when Jose Alvarado's on the court. Absolutely. And uh, the way he, like, can cut to the basket and open up the floor, yeah. it's something that C.J. McCollum doesn't do and I I think maybe really can't do at his age I think CJ in his last couple games is kind of coming to the realization of what he is now Mm -hmm. which is a straight-up shooter he is not able to drive into the paint like he used to in Portland and really kind of create that space and get that shot he can he needs to focus on shooting which I think is what he's done in the last couple games and he's able to do that because of Jose Alvarado and I really like how they uh, have been starting Jose in the start of the fourth quarter it's put a lot of pressure you know the Pelicans for a very long time dissolved in the third quarter leading into the fourth quarter and having some Somebody with that energy that Jose has starting off the fourth really keeps the pace and the energy where it needs to be, and it keeps pressure on the other team. It's so easy to lose an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter now. Yeah. It's good that the Pelicans are, are keeping up with that and have somebody that can. Yeah, they need C.J. McCollum to score. Uh, he was terrible for a stretch there, and he admitted he was terrible. Uh, and it did hurt them. They need him to be able to score. There's just a lot of guys who are all capable of making plays with the ball in their hands. And again, McCollum, Ingram, and Zion are the guys who are supposed to kind of drive this team. And they're not really the guys who have been winning these games. And that is super rare in the NBA, which is a star-driven league. And you'll have a night to night here, whatever, you know, different guys will step up at certain times. But you just don't feel like when you watch this team, like, oh, here comes a major drop off. Mm-hmm. Like when Chris Paul used to come off the court, I would go walk around the arena because it would make me crazy to watch them because I was like, they got they would get so much precipitously worse when he wouldn't be playing. And the same thing would happen to Anthony Davis. The second he came off the court, you're like, they're just screwed. Like they've got nothing. And uh and this is a totally different deal where not only they have three big premier players like that but they've also got a series of role players who are all just kind of fitting together and coalescing at the right times now there is an incredibly long way to go in the season but it is a really good sign that if one of those guys gets hurt if somebody has to miss an extended period of time that you don't feel like they're just going to fall off a cliff it's also nice to not be hyper focused on the pelicans weaknesses because Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't know if it was mostly bluster or trying to will it into existence, but we talked about the Pelicans not having any glaring weaknesses. 
and into this season, regardless of the record and regardless of some bad losses, I would say that the Pelicans don't really have a glaring weak spot. Yeah, I mean, other than the point guard thing, but like you said, Alvarado in those spots has been the guy right now. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're really lacking that badly when he's out there being the creator. Plus, when Zion is actually playing, I think that's going to be a guy who can start taking some of those point guard possessions too. I think CJ McCollum needs to not be that point guard. And then that has, I think, I think he would agree bit. with that as well. Yes. And I, and the last three games have shown that to at least a degree, like he can create, I'm not saying he should never have the ball in his hand to start a possession, but certainly he's more valuable doing other things. And I get why they wanted him to be that guy, but I, I don't think that's his best spot. No. And uh, Kyra Lewis uh, is currently playing in the G League mm-hmm. for a team. He uh, is doing very well in his first game. He might have another game since I saw the tweets. <laughs> I don't know. But that's a player who showed some glimpses as well in the very little time that we saw him. He's yeah, fast, how does that guy play? He's a fast player. He, I feel like he plays similar to Jose Alvarado. Not as ferocious on defense, yeah. but he's fast. He's small. Sure. And he can... Uh, Get the ball around. But how did, like, when you're looking at Willie Green, uh, things change, so this isn't, you know, the end-all, be-all. How does Jackson Hayes, Billy Hernan Gomez, and uh, and him, and Kyra Lewis play? How do they get on the court? Like, you've just got too many guys right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know exactly. Jackson Hayes is nodding his head to the, everything you're saying. He's going, things sure do change. Yeah. He was starting in the playoffs last year. <laughs> He is not getting off the bench, and that's with Zion not playing. He's not getting off the bench. That is a huge shift uh, in his role. And I don't think Willie's wrong. I mean, no. would anybody say that that's a bad decision? Uh, Jackson Hayes didn't look totally prepared coming into the season. He didn't look very good. And now he looks a little disconnected from the rest of the team. Uh, and I think it, he'll probably get moved yeah. uh, at some point. But it is... You know, those are all those are NBA players who cannot get minutes on this team. And that is uh, something that I had. I don't remember seeing very often where it's like, yeah, that guy could be a legit contributor on a lot of teams and is just not going to even see the court here. Well, Jackson Hayes upside for the Pelicans was athleticism and, uh, you know, a ceiling that that nobody knows and still doesn't know. And now you have uh, incredible athleticism as well as very, uh, very smart player in Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, they don't play the same way. They don't they kind of play the same position, but they're on different planets when you have that option. And then even like Dyson Daniels, kind of a similar build. Yeah. But Trey Murphy too. Oh, uh, a completely different world when you're talking about basketball IQ. Yeah, and uh, I don't feel super panic. I, I felt super panic seeing Jackson Hayes out there in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think most people did. Yeah. I think he did when he got tossed in the first <laughs> yeah. quarter. It was like for nothing. I was like, all right, man. Uh, no, I completely agree. And and I think that the the last big you know topic to cover with this team and and one that's come up via tweet, text, whatever is. Playing without Zion for two straight games reminded me a lot of this team at their best uh, toward the end of last season. And I don't know if that's a good thing, (laughs) that they feel a lot more natural and comfortable and everybody's roles seem to be a little bit better defined Mm -hmm. when he's not out there. 
Uh, do you think this team is better without Zion? I mean, is that a stupid thing to say? The Pelicans are 4-1 and one in games without Zion this season, I That's believe. That's crazy. He's already missed that many games. Um, <clears throat> this is clearly a team that has that cohesion from the incredible run to close out last season. Putting Zion in there, there's no way it's a detriment. Is it there currently? No. Okay. Will it get there? I think so. It's worth it down the road to kind of deal with some bumps, but it really is alarming to watch them play those two games without Zion and go like, man, these guys look so natural as a group. Like everybody fits their place so well. And every now again, CJ McCollum making shots is just better than him missing shots. Right. Like, I don't know if you can blame Zion for that. Andre Murphy and, yeah, and Herbert. A lot yeah. of guys have not been making shots with Zion on the floor. Yeah. Is and, that a uh, cause of? I don't think so. I don't think so. And and I think there's a little bit more rhythm. The ball probably moves a little bit faster when he's not in there. Uh, I do think, though, the upside of playing with Zion far outweighs the downside of like, all right, let's, you know, 10 games of growing pains, 20 games of growing pains. And even then, you're not losing 80% of the time or even 60% of the time. You're going to lose some games, and you you might not look quite as good. And this team, as it stands without Zion, I think is very good in the regular season, but is probably hard to win. It's hard to project them to do a lot of damage in the playoffs. When you add him, if you get him into that, uh, that mode that all the rest of those guys are in, mm-hmm. having played together for as many minutes as they did last year, and you know, feeling themselves. If you can get him anywhere near that level of comfort, uh, this team could be really, really goddamn good. Yeah, and that's what everybody's looking forward to. I mm-hmm. mean, there still hasn't been a ton of on-court time this season with all those guys. Mm-hmm. There just hasn't. No, because Ingram had the concussion for, what, a week and a half? Yeah. And then uh, Zion's been Herbert, and Ingram, uh, it's just like they're just not all there all the time. And so they haven't had, like, an epidemic of injuries. or anything. I think Herb, Herb Jones missed a few games, too, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there hasn't been an epidemic of injuries, but there's been enough to where it's like you're really not seeing a ton of minutes from those guys. I'd like to see Zion run more point guard. I thought that worked well yeah. against the Rockets. Uh have him do a little bit more with the ball in his hands, I think will open up the offense a little bit, and it will get the ball moving a little bit. Because so often what happens is they dribble down, they look for Zion, he's got a mismatch because everyone's a mismatch. Then he puts his head down and drives straight to the basket (laughs) and tries to hit a a layup with his left hand. And it goes in like 50... Yeah, a feather-handed floating layup (laughs) from heaven. Which looks impossible when he makes it, when he shoots it, and it goes in a little more than half the time, which is pretty dang good. Yeah. But is also like, I do think it pulls everyone else out of the game a little bit uh, as compared to the last two games where you've seen everyone be involved and there's been no... There's no friction, it feels like, on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I Zion will have his role with this team that flows smoothly, and I think you can already kind of see it with Larry Nance. Larry Nance is attacking the rim, mm-hmm. and he's taking the shots that he needs to take. Yeah, Zion is just using his incredible physical presence to try and score points. Yeah, And it's, it's so overpowering that he can shoot eight of nine yeah. against the Rockets, and it looks great. Yeah. But it 
it's discombobulating a little bit because <laughs> it's it's just wham Zion in the middle of this team uh-huh. that's functioning. Yeah, I think it's going to get there, but everybody has to learn how to play together by actually playing together. Agreed. It's kind of like if you were in a band and you had a second singer. Come yeah, in, and it's like this guy can nail these songs if from in this range. It's like. But otherwise, like he's just kind of there, you know. And and I yeah, it's like when the other guy sings in Goo Goo Dolls, <laughs> or uh, Johnny, or uh, the other guy in Cowboy Mouth. Yeah, <laughs> two singers, right? And you know, it's like nobody wants the non-Fred songs. Come on, guys, we all like Paul, but let's get. And then Paul promptly was out of the band. Uh, that's your Cowboy Mouth history lesson for the day. Uh, and I I get it. I know you have to play Zion. I do think it's challenging. I also think Zion's got to needs like some incentive or something to work a little more on the defensive end. Uh, the the rebounding is lazy sometimes. He's got there's no excuse for him having two to three rebounds most nights in these yeah. games. It's a joke. He's there. Trey Murphy had nine rebounds last night. Like, come on. Did man. they give him the tenth? I, I don't th- I remember. Think... It was close. He had nine and then ten. And then in nine. post game, know. they were all calling it a double double. Okay. I didn't know if they snuck him back in there and he yeah. got one. Do people care about that? There's a lot of tweets about him having double double and then not having a double double. And I was like, who gives a shit? Gamblers. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that does count. Yeah, I never, I never bet those individual things like that. But yeah. I was like, I, I, do you remember where you were the last time somebody had a double? Du- who cares? Well, I bet Trey Murphy remembers where yeah, he was I'm sure the his first dad time. Dad remembers, <laughs> you know, but like, does anybody remember any NBA player's first double double? Who cares? The players care. Yeah, that that guy can care. Instead, it was like every tweet <laughs> I was reading was about. To hit a, I was like, a triple double is a significant. Achievement. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, the first double double means nothing. It's like if you score. What's the 30, last triple double on the Pelicans? Lonzo Ball. It's been, yeah, I think he he probably came close a couple times. Anthony Davis had a handful of them. Boogie had several. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, but yeah, there was a long stretch where like you just got to tweet about something. Yeah. <laughs> really, people like round numbers, I guess. Yeah, but it's like, hey, if, if someone scores thirty eight points and gets nine rebounds, that's a lot better than eleven points and ten rebounds. <laughs> like, and I don't, I know it doesn't say double double on it, but it's a lot better, you know, or someone True. gets 18 rebounds and nine points. That's a lot better too. So the, the whole thing is very, it's like the, uh, the cycle in baseball. Everyone's like, what an amazing yeah. achievement. He's like, you know, what's better hitting five home runs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's significantly more interesting. The fact he hit one of everything. So uh, that's my stat riff for the day. Yeah, just a little Pelican stuff to goof about <laughs> online. Yeah. People don't know what to do with themselves when they can't complain. Yeah, well, they've got plenty to complain about when the team across the street uh, takes the field. Uh, the Saints, uh, for those of you who stopped watching, and <laughs> <laughs> we don't blame you. Uh, if you, if you, I, I turned my TV on. I think I was groaning as I turned my TV on at noon on Sunday. And I was like, oh, God, the Saints are on. Yeah. I was like, here we go. And I just, you know, hit the button. I was like, oh, the three hours is. I think I texted several people. I was like, why am I watching this? I think, uh, like, little, like, tablet cells have skyrocketed in New Orleans. We were like, I'm going to watch the Saints on my phone and then on my big TV. I'm going to watch the new season of White Lotus. Yes. I'm going to watch literally anything else. It's It's, it's it's hard. hard. 
it is hard. It's hard to watch these games and not just have a timer in your head of, <laughs> oh, I could be doing laundry. <laughs> that thing I love to do instead of watching football. Back before I had kids, I definitely would have. This is the part of the season where I would have started to play golf on Sundays <laughs> during the Saints game. There's usually like less people on the course. It's like a very good time to play golf if you're uh, a local fan. Um, it sucks, man. It sucks to have no quarterback. It sucks to have a defense that looks like they've kind of made some business decisions. I, I don't know. It's just not fun. Yeah. I, I mean – we're giving away Saints tickets at uh, at work, and and first place is two tickets to Saints Rams, and second place is four tickets. <laughs> it, I, I, the, the prices have to be impossibly low. Oh, on yeah. the secondary market. I mean, you can get in. You can get a whistle monster seat for twenty bucks. <laughs> I mean, you can put the whistle on. I I. I I don't want to go. It's a lot. It's very nice for the visiting teams. Yeah. It's, very, it's, a, it's a quiet comfort. Uh, I went to the Monday night game, too. That was terrible. Uh, it's just not a fun thing to watch right now. And it's not like they're so bad that it's, like, funny. It's just boring. Yeah. Like they can't. They're not. At least Jameis would be hilarious. Like Jameis going out there and just launching pick sixes while his helmet's on backwards. Like, you know, that's great. This He's is, got his underwear on outside <laughs> of his pants. Exactly. This is like the slow road, like getting your fingernails taken off one by one watching this. You're like, this is this plotting, slow offense that has no hope of making a big play. And yet you're not going to change anything that you do Would they, I think they scored 23 points now in two weeks. Uh, and even one of those touchdowns was in complete garbage time. It is Andy Dalton is not good. Uh, the offensive line is worse and they make decisions that are just bafflingly stupid. And I don't know, man, they're going to have to do something meaningful. Do they? I mean, I guess not in this season, but they got to, you can't, I mean, I think they're going to try to start keep starting Andy Dalton, but you have to ch- get get him out of there. I mean, I don't know how many more weeks of this you can do. Dennis Allen announced uh, a day or two ago that Andy Dalton would remain the starting quarterback going forward. Uh, the discourse I've seen regarding that is, who gives a shit? Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. The difference is we've put more stock in Jameis Winston than we have Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is not supposed to be the starting quarterback. Yep. Let's at least see what we've paid for. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like there's always the 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 whiff of sexiness about uh Jameis Winston. We're like one of those games he might throw for 550 yards and five touchdowns and yeah. you might just beat someone you're not supposed to. There's an air of mystery around Winston. Yeah. There's no mystery with Dalton. No. Remember it's when good. everyone got mad at you because you said you didn't know if the Saints would win nine games? They're not going to – every one of those <laughs> predictions of the 26 media members, every single one of those is going to be wrong by Thanksgiving. Yep. That's amazing. I, that's just, you know, that's neither here nor there. Just It's, it's certainly here and it's certainly there. <laughs> no one knows what the fuck they're talking about. I would, when we I, get to next August and they start telling you things, don't listen because no one knows, okay? They are very injured as well. They're going to be saying, hey, Marcus Davenport is the greatest <laughs> new guy working at Boost Mobile. I've been to football practices. 
you can't tell what's going on. Oh, just you. All the, Everybody else can <laughs> no, tell. No one knows what's going to happen. Preseason games now give almost zero because nobody plays their starters. So it's even less than it used to be, which was already very minimal. Uh, no one knows about a team until they start the season. And this team from the first minute of the season has been flawed and they continue to get hurt more and they continue to be worse. And now it starts to feel like they're just dead. And I think at some point the finger is going to get pointed to Dennis Allen. And while it might not be entirely his fault, he's certainly not blameless and he's the easiest person to change by a mile. Yeah, this is just the most lifeless I've seen the Saints since two that was two thousand four, two thousand five. The oh, the Katrina year. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. There was a couple of Sean Payton years in there where the Drew was playing great, but the the team was just terrible and gave up fifty points every game. Those sucked. Too. Yeah, but at least those games, when the game started, you thought you might win, mm-hmm. and you were like, well, at least score. And there was still hope at the end because yeah. Breeze could put up 14 in two minutes. Mm-hmm. There's no hope. No. There's just no concern. There's no care because what are they going to do? Are they going to sneak into the playoffs? I don't want to see them in the playoffs. They're going to lose to by 41 <laughs> to the Eagles? No, they never play the Eagles. Dear God. I don't know who they play. I don't. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to end up giving away like a top five or six draft pick, uh, which is insane. Because that's what people would be talking about right now if they had not traded that pick for Chris Olave. They would be talking about who is the who are they going to get with the, a top five pick, what quarterback is it going to be, and how is that going to reshape the team. I'm instead, still seeing, killed that. I'm still seeing people talk about tanking this season. They're the dumbest <laughs> people in the world. I mean, that's like, you know... It's like burning your house down without fire insurance. That's, there's no, that's the stupidest thing you could possibly do. They're tanking without having to tank. Yeah. Because they've got a bunch of guys on defense who are just choosing not to tackle. They're tanking because they don't want to get hurt. They know it's pointless. They don't care. They know none of those guys on the sidelines are going to be there next season. Nope. They know out of the important guys, you might have a few left over. Yeah. This is a clean house situation. Yeah. And if Dennis Allen isn't swept out the door, he's going to be doing a lot of sweeping. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's no question he's not coming back next year, right? And I think that's... I don't know. That's been a topic. It's like, well, who's going to work for you? It's like, someone. <laughs> some, someone wants to be an NFL head coach. Someone wants to go from making, you know, 600000 to making $3 million, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever the going rate is for the, a mid-level NFL head coach, which is what they'd pay. Someone will do it. Yeah, it'll be... Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just like the concept that like, oh, they wouldn't be an attractive job. This isn't the SEC West. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter that it's not an attractive job. You don't have to recruit. You just have to be able to coach. Sean Payton came into the worst situation imaginable. Like, a post-Katrina New Orleans where, like, we didn't have power. You know, like, it was a, a disaster. Uh, you know, we were like the talk of the nation that we can't. We didn't even had a team. We didn't have a, the dome until you know, like the day before the first home game. All those things, you know, you can still go find a good coach. You just have to do it. Uh, I, I just, you can't let this guy keep coaching. He is a born loser. Uh, you see it on his face during the game. You hear it when he's talking. 
He's uh, five and a hundred lifetime record now because he was dog shit with the Raiders too. He sucks, and let's just say the guy sucks. We know he's. We knew he sucked then, but now he's proving that he sucks still. So just don't have him coach anymore. It was a lazy hire. You tried to bullshit your way through it and hope that things were still good enough. And you know Peter Principal, and you've you just just move on. Well, it's Thanksgiving. Do you want a Native American give him back his old position? <laughs> You're like, why don't you be the defensive coordinator? We're just going to bring in some other guys. Yeah. Why don't you just go back to <laughs> you know, just the, the other give, office. Give us the headset. We'll just give it to somebody else. I, I'm telling you, man, uh, it's it's very ugly. And I the way he's handled this quarterback situation shows me someone who is so wildly unprepared to be a head coach and whose personality just does not fit with – running a franchise and it's like dude you might know football a little bit but you are an idiot when it comes to people because now they had said we talked this weeks ago they had said Jameis winston is healthy enough to play and he's practicing again but we're going to keep starting andy dalton because the offense is doing well well now the offense is horrific Dolphins wasn't really doing well then no either. it was not doing well it was like they scored a lot of around the pick sixes they were scoring some <laughs> points now they're not even doing that and he comes out and says, oh, yeah, it turns out Jameis is still uh, not 100% and won't be 100% all season. What the fuck is that? Yeah. That's completely avoidable. Like, that, he has put his foot in his own mouth for literally no reason, and now nobody trusts him. Nobody trusts him, and he's skating by because most people don't care. Most yeah. people aren't paying attention. Yeah. The people in that locker room have to pay attention, though, right? You would think so. And it's like, what? I mean, those guys have to be so pissed with what they're hearing on a daily basis from Dennis Allen. And I think they're going to say the right things publicly, but like, you can't screw that up. You can't tell everybody he's healthy for weeks and then come back and be like, nah, he's not healthy. I was lying. Isn't it funny how. Whenever you ask anybody about trading C.J. Gardner-Johnson, they go, yeah, it was the locker room culture. <laughs> D- Chapa style has not been played in that locker room. <laughs> Those fog machines are going <laughs> on the secondary market. You were talking about locker room culture? Don't, don't blame a hot-headed player that was very good. Yeah. Blame the coaching staff. I know. Someone's there like, is no culture right now. There's no, no. life. These yeah. guys are zombies out there. Yeah. That's the first response I always get. I get there's two responses I always get, which is because uh, I bring up the C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade and how terrible it was all the time. Culture, number one. Yeah. Culture, number two, fifth round pick. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, the first one is culture slash he wasn't listening to the coaches anymore. I'm like, well, guess whose fault that is? Because he seems to be listening to the coaches pretty goddamn well in Philadelphia. He leads the NFL in interceptions. Uh, he's got three times more interceptions than the Saints do this season. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't tell me he was never going to be able to play. It was totally not fixable. You couldn't have. There was no possible way to navigate your way through this minefield. He didn't get a new contract in Philadelphia. He just is working with people who knew how to treat him. And, like, it, they, they bought the Saints botched the relationship that i'm sure he played a role in it too but the saints botched the relationship that's their responsibility as much as it is his and then the other response is 
well, you, he was going to walk away for nothing. And that's even dumber because guys walk away for nothing every single year. And you don't trade them beforehand. Do they trade Marcus Williams? Do they trade Trey Hendrickson? Do they trade the litany of free agents that have just walked out the door on this team? No, because you play them because they're good. And yeah. especially this year where you have no draft pick. Like, why would you trade someone to get a fifth round pick? They did it because they wanted to get rid of him because they thought he was a bad guy who was not going to help them. And clearly he would have helped them. And clearly they are missing exactly what he brought, which is not only physicality, but a playmaker and a guy who gives a crap on an everyday basis. And when they said that they talked to Malcolm Jenkins and he like vouched for like the Eagles called Malcolm Jenkins, like, what are we missing here? Like, why are they trading this guy for nothing? <laughs> They're like, is he just a terrible dude? And he's like, no, I love him. He's the, he's me 10 years ago. And, uh, and that's like such a slap in the face of the Saints. It really is. And it makes me crazy how bad they screwed this up. <laughs> because no one is saying how bad they screwed no everything up. No one's listening. No. Do you ever get tired of being right all the time? No, I'm not right all the time. <laughs> I've been wrong a lot. This Saints <laughs> season, though, has been such a freaking mess. And uh, it just felt like so much of it was avoidable. It was. And... Where I'm at right now is I'm I'm just checked out, and yeah. I, I I feel like that's kind of the general vibe with this team. I just it's it's hard to care. It's hard to turn on the games. Yeah, the decisions being made, I I don't agree with, and I I don't have to agree with them. But when you see them not working, it's kind of like, well, yeah, every well, why should I care? It feels like every decision they made blew up in their face. It's like, let's take the money from Marcus Williams and give it to Tyron Matthew and Marcus May. Fail. Like, let's not re-sign. I guess that was two years ago. Let's not re-sign Trey Hendrickson and, and you know, trust in Marcus Davenport. Fail. Let's draft Peyton Turner. Fail. Let's, uh, everything yeah. has just been a miss. I think Chris Olave's good. That's upside. Uh, and I think, who else would you say on offense is good? Camara. In one game. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess Cesar Ruiz isn't terrible anymore. What position is he playing now? <laughs> it's like he's doing some stuff. Uh, like he's not the worst. You know you know who had a great performance uh, on the Saints this season? Latavius Murray. That's <laughs> Killer. One of the best games of the season. Yeah, people forget they all <laughs> They almost won a very big game. Juwan Johnson, yeah. he's, I think, got at least three touchdowns on the season. <laughs> yeah, he's been okay. So, you know, not having Lattimore. And there's just been a lot that has gone wrong, but it's gone wrong in every direction to the point that you can't just – you have to start to look at it from the top down. And uh, and I'm, I, I do think the Saints will address it. I think the Saints do know they screwed up the coaching situation. And I do think they realize that this is uh, – time to rethink this after kicking this can as as far as possible down the road trading cam jordan let him go chase a ring trade demario davis let him go chase a ring uh reset and uh and you know but you know the next eight weeks are going to be a little painful i mean kick the can down the road but Jameis is going to pick up that can and take a bite out of it (laughs) and then throw it 100 yards in the air for pick six and we'd all like to see that (laughs) Uh, so that'll wrap up our sports portion of this please stick around we've got a whole bunch of local news to talk to you about you're going to want to stay right here polk and kush it is fun with juice and jazz 
You put past in a swamp and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> this podcast is one of a number of jobs I have. I'm on this show, how many positions do I have? All of them. Editing, uh-huh. editor, producer, recorder, writer. Social media <clears throat> director. Social media director, merchandising, uh-huh. co-host. That's right. That's like 10 jobs right there. I do a lot of side work. I have a regular job. I deal drugs on the side <laughs> illegally. <laughs> and, you know, I do Okay. I do not make $350,000 a year Mm. as the RTA administrator in both New Orleans and Tampa. That's unbelievable. Uh, From Fox 8. Fox 8's really the only news left, I feel like. (laughs) They are getting after that ass. (laughs) A New Orleans Orleans transit administrator was on track to make $350,000 a year by secretly working two full-time jobs simultaneously. One at the RTA and one at Tampa Bay's Transit Authority. The Tampa Bay Times, I guess, broke this story. Uh, is it a man or a woman? Top officials at both agencies told me that they were not aware of her dual employment until I began to raise questions about it. They were like, hey, why is uh, Nancy in New Orleans two weeks out of the month? She's wearing one of those split Brady jerseys, <laughs> like a Brady breeze. We come from a broken home. We like Brady's and Brady. House divided. <laughs> Brady. What's wrong with me? It's $350,000? Yeah. I'm not going to hate on it. She was doing it. I mean, did anybody notice the service being worse? <laughs> <laughs> They, the expectations were already pretty low. I don't know what the RTA does in New Orleans, but I feel like in Tampa they have to do something. That's probably in true. New Orleans they've been just like shutting down bus routes. There's like no bus on Chapatulas anymore. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You do see them. I do see them turning their lights on and flying down the neutral ground a lot on Canal Street. <laughs> I think like escaping like crime happening. They're like, let's get out of here. Turn the lights on. It is. I just like. I feel so bad for anyone who has to rely on the RTA to get through like a work life. It it's impossible. Yeah. There's no predictability to their schedules. There's certainly nobody working there, and there's nobody held accountable for anything that happens. You know. This uh, this lady directly reported to the CEO of the Tampa Bay. RTA. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That says a lot about CEOs. Yes. They're yeah. like, hey, you don't seem like you have two full-time <laughs> six-figure <laughs> jobs at all. I'm I'm working two full-time jobs right now. I work at Dillard's <laughs> and I have a design job. And raising kids. And they know. And they know. They know. Oh, of course. The RTA so benefits. This is this is the punishment uh that uh this person received. Uh they are currently on paid administrative leave pending the outcome of an internal investigation. So which one did Still you decide to work stack at? Stack and racks. Which one did you decide to work at? I can at? guess Does which they? one. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say RTA did not make anyone available to Fox 8 for an interview. Lee Zurich is going to go over there and kick somebody's ass. <laughs> Lee Zurich's been living on a bus for the last six months, waiting, <laughs> waiting to see what the problems. He's arise. been dressed up like the pigeon lady from Home Alone too. 
trying to get to the bottom of the bus scandal. He's just been riding the bus. He has to fit in on the bus, so he's just like playing music really loud on his phone the whole time. He's got his kids living in the streetcar barn. Yeah, <laughs> right We're going to take this bitch down. <laughs> next to Carrollton Station. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. They are going to be hiring soon, I presume. Yeah. If you, if, if, if you or anybody you know would like to work half the year for, for $350,000. I bet New Orleans is fine with it. I'm sure Tampa is oh, yeah. the one that has... New Orleans is like, get it, bitch. I know. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, like somebody's cheating on their wife. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> hey, nobody else would do the job. If she can do two of them. Yeah. God bless her. It's the Costanza. No, we can work through this. It's like, I'm trying to break up with you. Uh, Speaking of girl bosses, uh, LaToya is currently under investigation over the the apartment at Pontalba. And uh, there was a press conference or something yesterday, and Mm -hmm. Lee Zurich was there, and she called him, like, gross and weird. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, you've been stalking me or whatever. It's like, lady, you are the mayor of the city. Yeah, like... At first, it was kind of like, well, I don't really care if the mayor is going to an apartment sometimes. I don't give a shit. But I guess then it then it came out that she's supposed to be at like meeting. She's supposed to be doing stuff. She's at the apartment with one person from her uh, security team. And it's just like a lot of weird stuff. And it's just like very unmayoral to call an investigative reporter like a creep publicly. She's... I mean, there's she breaks every norm of like, you know, polite society or whatever. I think we've just gone way past that point with her. Like, look, this this is everybody's this is everybody's property. This is the city owned piece of property that you are going into. You are going with a city employee. So we we citizens pay their salary, pay the mayor's salary. You're supposed to be doing a job on behalf of the city. And instead, you have no answers for what's actually being uncovered here. You are just lashing out. And it's uh, it's so obvious that she's been caught guilty. I know there's another scandal that then popped up about her wardrobe being, you know, six That's figure. on the run. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, there, it is a never-ending typhoon of bullshit with her. Because she's so clearly corrupt slash incompetent. I don't know which one is she's worse at. Uh but it just never stops, and it's just unbelievable that the city, that she continues, like, she will wake up tomorrow as the mayor. The uh, the actual quote from uh, yesterday was Lee Zurich asked, uh, you know, the city has crime and infrastructure issues. You spent nearly 20% of the year out of town or out of the country with an officer. Is any of this appropriate? And she gives a very Trump response of, you're stinky, fuck you, get out of here. So Mr. Literally. Z- yeah. <laughs> it kind of freaks me out to see you because you have been very inappropriate in my opinion. Do they think he's the one sitting out there with a the telescope? Is yep. he dressed up as the lucky dog guy? There's a lucky dog pretty close to her apartment. <laughs> it's, it's truly... Like, she's clueless. I don't think she's actually clueless. I think she's just trying to deflect. But, like, you have to understand why this matters. If you were just banging somebody on the side, then, yeah, this is TMZ journalism. Yeah. Like, if you're going to some random hotel that you're paying for and you're banging somebody and whatever, that's your life. Like, 
This ain't that. This if you want to be a totally different deal, if you want to be corrupt, you got to get some shit done first. <laughs> like you can bang whoever you want to. You can sleep during the day. You can have every meeting at Cure. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. But like people have had a bulldozer in front of their house for two years. Uh-huh. Every day people are in sinkholes. School buses are crashing into sinkholes. The city's on fire. Do something and then do whatever you want. I know. This it, is this is what this is basic advice for any job. Yeah, it's just like how many examples do you need of her taking such advantage of her position, whether it be all from the flights to the uh to the to the bars to the everything. I mean, it's like there's just an endless series of her taking advantage and now it's gotten all the way to the point where she is getting her clothes and she's banging her security guards like that's how far allegedly we've gone. allegedly that's how far we've gone it is like impossible like she could not push this any further the uh the clothing story uh broke yesterday this is also from fox 8 the last of bastion of journalism <laughs> uh federal authorities are investigating clothing purchases linked to the mayor mm-hmm. i think it's bad when the federal authorities are involved in you going to talbot's and <laughs> Federal investigators are looking into a series of clothing purchases made in the past five years by a New Orleans salon owner who works as a personal shopper and stylist for the mayor. This was at a place called Ballins. (laughs) I'm guessing that's like somebody's last name. Or it's the clothing store next to a Boost Mobile. (laughs) No, that's like an old line store i'm pretty sure according to fox 8 it says it's a high-end new orleans fashion retailer with two locations according to fox 8 the fbi subpoenaed receipts and documents from from the business in august and have sought more details about 20 purchases of clothing um in the last five years that would have been when she was on the city council and these purchases are upwards of a hundred seventy five thousand dollars there's also been 38 scheduled meetings between the owner of this friend salon and gentilly meeting with the mayor um yeah so yeah she's just trying to look good she's just just hey until you stop it this is what i'm gonna do Hundreds. How much money have you spent on clothes in the last five years? Oh my god, uh, the fifty-five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, I can certainly tell you this shirt and these pants were purchased somewhere between two thousand eight and two thousand eleven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you the exact year. I, but they're old. I, if for the people at home, Kush is wearing a T-shirt that says uh, "Vote for John Kerry." <laughs> He's wearing a bucket cap from Old Navy and uh, Crocs with charms on him. And this bathing suit I have on says, Bear Stearns took my pants. <laughs> That's just a lot of money. Um, it doesn't really get in anything except the FBI is looking into it. So you can just wildly speculate what that means. Sure. There were money issues, disappearing money, stuff charged to the city while she was on the city council. Maybe these clothes are part of that. Maybe they're not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. Let's just call her guilty for everything. <clears throat> Six figures. It all lines up. Yeah. I think at this point, she's not beyond questioning. She do be looking fresh, though. <laughs> <laughs> that That's going to be the public response, <laughs> right? Of course. She does look Get fresh. Get out of her business. It's like, it's none of your business. It's like, it yeah. is our business. It, her security guys can be like, does she look good? Does she look good? 
<laughs> Did the security guy file for divorce to like the day after the Lee Zerk report came out? Oh, I don't know. That's yeah, I think I read that too. It's uh it's it's Can you file divorce th- for somebody else? Maybe like <laughs> Does this stuff exist in any other place? Like this is even as ridiculous as our other mayors have been. I feel like she's taking it to just like a whole new level of circus act. Yeah, it's uh, you know Fox News really had a field day with with they, they kind of dropped us since then. Yeah, um, but I mean this is like ripe for oh, a Netflix yeah. movie starring Kevin James <laughs> as, as Latoya. <laughs> no, it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be like a nutty professor <laughs> scenario where Eddie Murphy plays Latoya and then like eighteen of her relatives. <laughs> Honest to God, how funny would a Latoya Cantrell movie with Tiffany Haddish as Latoya Cantrell? That would be incredible. It would be the greatest movie of all time. (laughs) I should start writing it right now. We can do that. I think she'd be amazing as Latoya. Have Monique a security detail. (laughs) Miss Pat, you got to get Miss Pat in there. She can be somebody on the team. I I just think uh, she'd be so good at it. It'd be, man, we should write that movie. I'm putting the stamp on it right now. Let's go. We got to get Tiffany Haddish on board before we start writing it. Though. And we can have the cop be uh, uh, Kenny Powers. Yes, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the cop looks like. I haven't seen him. No. I think we're going to go Kenny I, Powers. I think Danny McBride would be perfect for that. Ray Nagin can yeah. be uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> he can make an appearance. <laughs> Who's going to play us? Uh, I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> we'll have a surprise cameo. Uh, Paul Giamatti will play both of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Uh, it was uh, a little, a couple days late, but we do uh, appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, thank you all so very much. Please like, rate, subscribe. Uh, jump on Spotify and mash that five-star button if you have not done so yet. We do thoroughly appreciate all of you. Have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you soon. See ya.